video. It's the only way to get what you want to watch when you want to Hello, watch. my name is Justin the Clue, and I'm here today with... Mark Hansen. And you're listening to the Bay Street Video Podcast, where we take you through this week's new releases on Blu-ray and DVD, live from Bay Street Video. Hello. <laughs> oh, wow. Now you're full of energy <laughs> this time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we should get started right away with the cult stuff, because I think the cult stuff is what sells the most, isn't it? It really is. It's kind of the most important stuff for us, business-wise, mm-hmm. for sales, and even for rentals, honestly, because people that still want to come to video stores are looking for the weird, obscure stuff. And the weird, obscure stuff, it tends to, like, go out of print faster as well. And, like, a lot of these companies have realized that, like, oh, if we make this a limited edition and, like, (laughs) it's a different case or there's different special features, people will buy it instantly. Like, I feel like um, Severin figured that out. Oh, yeah. And they have all these limited editions. But speaking of ones that are just straight down the middle, no limited edition, but people have to own it, Billy the Kid versus Dracula. (laughs) Released by Kino Lover. We return to the Kino Lover catalog once again. <laughs> and, um, you know, I say have to own it. I mean, if you're a cult fan, you probably know Billy the Kid versus the Vampire. Because I feel like when you're getting into those kind of movies, it's the one that, like, sparks your imagination. Absolutely. I it, mean, that title alone, like, how it, can you resist? And it has, like, that great painted cover where you see, like, yep. a cowboy and John Carradine dressed the as a vampire. John Carradine, <laughs> yep. on the back cover. Yeah. Uh, the back cover of this Blu-ray is filled with, like, positive comments. Comments, like the great cinematography, oh, I know, right? <laughs> all this stuff. And I mean, this film is very dull. Yeah. It's, it's famously dull. <laughs> it's one of the last films directed by William Bodine, who was a journeyman during the silent period. And he directed um, most famously, probably uh, Bela Lugosi meets a Brooklyn gorilla, right, which right. Bela Lugosi teams up with title. a Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin impersonator. Yeah. <laughs> but he's probably most famous for Billy the Kid versus Dracula and uh, Jesse James meets Frankenstein's right, yeah. daughter. <laughs> Billy the Kid vs. Dracula. Right at these mashups. Yeah, is the best of those. And I think that in this like widescreen, remastered, immaculate transfer, it's really fascinating. You get to really see that red light they put on John Carradine's face every time he appears on screen. Oh, yeah. And it's one that I purchased because I was like, I have to purchase this. It is the law that, uh, you know. I feel like it's just something you need on the shelf. Any collector needs on the shelf, whether you've seen it or not, you know. It was originally released in that wave of like, film that Joe Bob did commentary on. Which we had a few of back in the day. And while the Joe Bob commentary is not on this one, actually has a really informative commentary with um, the Lee Gambin and John Harrison who Mm -hmm. are like really into the movie. They know their facts and it doesn't turn into an MST3K track either. Which is my perfect commentary on this cult film That's cool when you can get some appreciation Mm -hmm. from just fans that isn't just mocking the whole time. Yeah, that's not as fun, I feel. (laughs) Moving on to classic films, it's like a reggae double bill this week. Oh my god, is it ever? <laughs> because Kino Lorber is putting out Babylon, a 1980 film, and Shout Factory is putting out The Harder They Come. Now, people probably know The Harder They Come. That is the reggae it movie. Is, yeah, I mean, I had to watch it in film school even. It was like, really big of a deal. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad we did. I thought it was it was fantastic. But Because it like represents so many things about like independent film yep. and the way that it was like an international voice coming onto the scene. Yep. Uh, Jimmy Smith's soundtrack is just everywhere. Oh man. And and, you know, Shout Factory for this one went all out. It has like three Blu-rays full yeah, which of is features. Crazy for them, yeah, including the director Perry Henzel's next film. Yeah, second no, film. Second film, No Place Like Home, which was actually never released. It yeah, was remastered in 2006, played at the Toronto National Film Festival, yeah. and due to copyright issues, I believe he passed away. Mm-hmm. Kind of sat on the shelf, but you know, Shout Factory, they pulled strings, and it's on this disc for the first time ever. Yeah, we've been waiting for a really good release of this because I mean, Criterion used to have 
it way back in the day briefly, mm-hmm. uh, and then it was picked up by Xenon, which did a lot of uh, does a lot of black exploitation stuff, and then it just kind of. There was no Blu-ray announcement or anything yeah. for years and years and years. I'm surprised that Vinegar Syndrome didn't put it out because they yeah. had the Xenon catalog for a long exactly. time. Exactly, and they did Sweet Sweetback. They did yeah. a really nice release of Sweet Sweetback. And they recently ago. did um, Putney Swope, mm-hmm. uh, the Robert Downey um, senior film with tons of special features yeah. as well. But The Harder They Come is the one that everybody knows. But you watched Babylon from 1980. I did. I'd never heard of this film, really, because it only got a brief... They played festivals and got maybe a brief theatrical release in Britain mm-hmm. in 1980. Uh, it's directed by an Italian director. Yes, it Franco is. Franco Rosso. Who doesn't really have many other credits to his name, except for another film called uh, The Nature of the Beast, which mm-hmm. sounded interesting, but I've never heard of it either. <laughs> Sounds like a sexploitation yeah, film. Know, but it's like a, an allegory, apparently, yeah. about you know corruption in society. But anyways, this one is um, just about, just a great portrait of youth culture in early 80s um, London, mm-hmm. and it deals with a bunch of of youth who have to deal with racism every day from like horribly racist white people in England as they're basically just trying to get their uh, reggae group off the ground. And it all kind of builds to this. It kind of is a conventional story in that it builds to this finale where they're preparing for like a contest where they're, (laughs) you know, like where they're going to perform against, compete against another rival reggae. So it almost sounds like a breaking or rapping style story, but it has uh, the way that you explain it kind of like. Like kitchen sink elements. It really does. There's a really gritty realism to mm-hmm. it that reminds me of yeah, the kitchen sink kind of filmmaking. Um, and it's just it's it's got this fly on the wall documentary thing. Like mm-hmm. a lot of shots, a lot of scenes are from like wide angles yeah. on the street, and you can tell like everybody except for the main actors is just like mm-hmm. innocent bystanders, and it just adds this level of uh, authenticity to it, which was really striking and just made it feel really fresh, even though it's like. 40 years He's old, yeah. From it now. And yeah. Kino went all out trying to compete with Shout Factory with like a big yeah. special edition as yeah. well with this one. And the music, like in The Harder They Come, is fantastic too. Mm-hmm. I'm not a reggae expert by any means. Yeah. So I don't know any of the artists or anything, but it is, it's banging the whole I mean, time. if you listen to the music of The Harder They Come and you're like, I don't like this, like you yeah. probably don't like music, right? Exactly. Like, because that is How the top. Not, right? um, it's weird when I see like a release list and I see like two movies that are exactly or very similar to each other. Right. Being at the same time. I wonder which company like jumps on. Know, is right? like, I want to compete. I, yeah, like, is it something like, you know, one company sees the other yeah. coming out, the harder they come. It's like, you know what, we got to get on this team. Yeah, Armageddon, so. Deep yeah, Impact. Exactly. Um, what is it? Volcano, Dante's <laughs> Dante Feet. Speak, the yeah. dueling Snow White films, exactly. Mirror Mirror and Snow White, yeah. and I don't remember what it is. Uh, uh, the Dark Princess? <laughs> Yeah, the Huntsman. The Huntsman, that's, that's right, right, yes. Yeah. But um, now it's happening in the DVD world. <laughs> yeah, uh, looking at double releases, a lot of companies like to put stuff out like that are similar to each other because yeah. they feel like consumers go, well, I can't get one exactly. and not get the other. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Kino Lorber is putting out a Dinosaurus! Exclamation point yep. in 4D Man. Oh, yeah. Two uh, Jack H. Harris films directed by Irvin S. Yeworth, mm-hmm. um, who also did The Blob, yeah, which Jack H. Actually, Harris produced. Totally. Um, 4D D-Man is the one that's known as the more kind of like good one mm-hmm. in the one that like people um, like genuinely appreciate and that the idea of a man who can pass through walls <laughs> is actually well executed while Dinosaurus is more of the goofy one. Yeah. Even though it has the better title in my opinion. There's an exclamation exactly. point at the end of the big dinosaur and Dinosaurus is the more goofy one. Yeah. But Kino's putting both these movies out on big special editions again. Yeah, which have been out of print for years mm-hmm. and years and we've been having fans clamor for them. <laughs> really? Yeah, They're like honestly. hitting against They've the window. flying off the shelf. 
that with Billy the Kid versus. But that's the key to they pick up all three altogether. Yeah, it's like I can't get dinosaurs and not get Billy <laughs> exactly. the Kid. I'm shocked they didn't put um, uh, Jesse James meets Frankenstein's daughter out at the same I know, time. It must be some rights issue. <laughs> yeah. But 4D Man has actually been selling, I think, the best out of those three right now. Hmm. So I haven't personally seen it, but I mean, yeah. I just the concept alone is enough to it's sell it. It's in 4D. It's in 4D. Sadly, the film itself is not in 4D. <laughs> like, somewhat, like you know, the Universal rides? Did yeah, you ever go on those? Yeah. They're like, there's rats under the seats, and it's like <laughs> yeah, air blowing, and you're like, oh, I hated that, man. You hated it? Why did you hate it? <laughs> it just freaked me out too much. <laughs> it's too I real. Could, yeah, I went on one of those, like, never again. <laughs> there was one back at Universal Studios that was like an alien escapes. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that one? I didn't go on that because I was too frightened, <laughs> but my parents tried to drag me on that. <laughs> really? Yeah, and now yeah. it's too late. Too they yeah. destroyed it. I know. Probably replaced by like Shrek 5D yeah. or something like that. That I would go. Yeah. <laughs> Shrek can harm me, even yeah. though he's a scary ogre. Yeah. Only if All Star plays the entire <laughs> yeah. way through. It's just like you're waiting in line and it's like, hey, now you're an All Star. But it's not the whole song, it's just no, the first just 30 the seconds. Yeah. That's what people like. Um, uh, moving on to a less funny things, Arrow Video is putting out William Friedkin's Cruising. Right, yeah. Have you seen Cruising? I have, yeah. Uh, I like Cruising. I it like is it a very too. uncomfortable film. It is, yeah, and I know it's obviously a film that's been saddled with tons of controversy yes. over the years. Even when it was shooting, the story goes that protesters had read the script and were like, not happy with it. No, um, no, I mean, yeah. you know, understandably, and they would blow whistles and make noise on set, yeah. which is why everything that's set outdoors is dubbed very obviously okay, as well. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> and the film is Al Pacino goes undercover yeah. uh, in the gay scene in New York and he sees dark things. Which is very dark and <laughs> Yes, yeah, and sleazy, uh, but I mean, sleazy is the word you want to go not, through. Yeah, and like the question is like, how exploitative is is exactly. this? It, it feels really exploitative, yep. and you know it would be different almost if it was released now. But at the time of its release, it's like this was the only word on this kind of thing in the public consciousness. Exactly, and that's the problem, right? Mm-hmm. Is that William Freak? I mean, I'm a big William Freakin fan, and, and I do like this film a lot. I think it works really well. Oh, I do too. I just bought it, thriller. so but yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, is he he him being the only guy to sort of comment on this scene at mm. that time is problematic, absolutely. And, you know, people would argue that, like, William Freakin had made a film about um, gay men with the that's boys true. in the band. Yeah, that's very So, true. like, the exploitative nature, and you also feel that this is a William Freakin that's a little bit power mad, because yes. after this, this Sorcerer post-sorcerer, had failed, right? yeah. <laughs> the Brinks job had come out, which had been, like, one for them, yeah. and this is him being like, no, now, now I'm making an me. important film yeah. again. And so if you approach it from that angle being like, oh, there's problematic stuff in this, but mm-hmm. with that in mind, now I can, you know, appreciate it for its good quality. I think yeah. there's a lot to, um, again, appreciate There's a lot it. to unpack with it, really. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, I think it's a fascinating film that has deserved an upgrade for a long time. Yeah. Because it was, I know fans have been clamoring for a Blu-ray for years, and there's been a net, uh, rumors about this coming out, especially from Arrow 2, for a while now, so I don't know if it was like... Yeah, I thought I had read that William Friedkin didn't approve of this release, yeah, but was, then he did, because he, he did. does a new commentary on yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, there was some controversy there at first, which maybe pushed it back a bit. Mm-hmm. But, but now it's out. I'm, and I'm, it's out, it's loaded, it's great. <laughs> yeah, so you should come to Bay Street Video and pick it up, yeah. or rent it, because I believe it's available for rented as well. As well. Yeah, because William Friedkin 
Friedkin is in our director set. We have a director section where mm. notable directors, we keep their stuff together. So with DVD and Blu-ray, we just try and rent both formats for their stuff. You know, we skipped over the fact that there's new releases as well because we have to talk about uh, a dog's... <laughs> what is it? It's not a dog's life, right? It's a dog's journey. It's a dog's it's a journey. journey. That's that's the big A title this week, I think. <laughs> yeah, because it starts with A. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. did you see any of these movies? As a film critic, I'm shocked that you didn't go and have I to have watch not one had to see any of these films. Not because I'm against dogs or anything. I love dogs. It's fine. All I know about this series of pictures is like dogs die endlessly. Yeah, in that, <laughs> people just really have a dog thing going on right now. Yeah. So yeah, the first one was, I only know about these basically because yeah, they've been in theaters, a bit, mm. but like I also have to order them every like six months. A new one comes out. Yeah. And so yeah, the first one was A Dog's Purpose, mm-hmm. which was the first one of that this dog's journey <laughs> dog series I, I, can't, I can't even like get this timeline straight i mean i listened but, to the flop pass episode yeah. on a dog's purpose and they revealed to my horror that the film is essentially the same dog dying over and over yeah. again and being reincarnated <laughs> and like some of the deaths are like a punchline like yeah. they'll be bored and be like what's this and like get electrocuted <laughs> which is horrifying, horrifying. To me for child, yeah. children. and then coupled with the fact that it did have some controversy with like the animal abuse that's thing. right at the time there was that video going mm-hmm. around but they're still that, making like, them but it was insanely popular <laughs> yeah. despite all that so and this one Josh Gad voices the dog exactly. who I assume doesn't die over and over again I don't think <laughs> so yeah. hopefully they learn that lesson yeah, but and, then you know, they made, you know, there was also A Dog's Way Home mm, in between, but that's not related to this series. That's okay. actually a different thing. That oh, it's like of, a different company? Yeah, so Sony put that out, mm. but I think they were trying to make it seem like it was, because I thought it was a sequel. That's a Jennifer Beale one? Or, I don't you know what I honestly don't <laughs> yeah. All the covers for these just have a dog on the <laughs> yeah. cover looking up. Like I mean, I love dogs. Owner, right? <laughs> Instant rental. Yeah, just exactly. pull it up the shelf. And they work, you know, yep. they do well. That and Ghost Buddies, the one yep. with the I guess the dead puppies yep, that come yep. back as ghosts. <laughs> I guess the art of racing in the rain will be coming out soon. Is that, is that a, a new, dog one as well? That's a new dog movie that's in theaters right now. So <laughs> okay. Well, just, I'm sure we'll mention like it. The, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. With dogs <laughs> Do you think you're like, oh man, the, the ghost buddies are in yeah. a dog's, I don't know, <laughs> I know job, right? I guess, is I, the next one. It's going to happen, but watch out. <laughs> um, back in the cult section, though, we have a classic Alec Baldwin and Kim Basinger <laughs> film, The Marrying Man. Yeah, we talked last week about uh, Kino's affiliation for early 90s Yeah, catalog titles. (laughs) And this is one of them. Have Uh, you seen The Marrying Man? Again, it's one of those I saw on TV a lot, (laughs) like parts of, but I don't know if I've actually sat down and watched the whole Mm. thing. Um, I mean, I just like associate it with them their real life relationship yeah. and them being uh, so volatile with each other <laughs> that's what I mean that I just think like it's funny to me that there's this movie too that exists and they're like, like smiling like, on the cover smiling, like the back cover, to back like, cheesy romantic comedy like, yeah like this Kim... does not end the marrying man <laughs> does not end in real life Kim Basinger and like Alec Baldwin like you said all, it just fights yeah. and like how horrible it was yeah, that's all I kind of know about them so uh, listeners may not be shocked to learn that there is no commentary with Alec there and Kim on this there's nothing what a boon that would have been to pull that off <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah. But it's like a dueling commentary, like yeah, Steven exactly. Soderbergh and Lem Dobbs on yeah. the Blimey. <laughs> ah, this is what happened. Well, no, just this record is what... them in different rooms. That's what I mean. They, yeah, is yeah. that what they did? And it's like two, um, it's like Rashomon, two different stories of what actually happened. So it's pretty light for cult films this week. Uh, yeah. We have Agfa's uh, double bill of Satanist, The Devil's Mass, and Satan's Child. Yeah, which we were supposed to get like about a month ago, and it just kind of got held up in shipping. But I love these Agfa. Oh, I love them. They They're almost my so like. Cool. I don't know what it is. I have to pick it up because it's almost like a magazine thing. Where it's mm-hmm. like, even if I don't 
love the film that they put out. They're always very interesting. Very interesting stuff. I mean, a lot of the stuff they are putting out is the old Something Weird catalog, mm -hmm. which is what this one is. Um, but Something Weird at the time would often like not have any special features or any contextual stuff. Yeah. I think that this one's a little bit light on that, and that's why they made it a double bill. Yeah, and they stuck another one on there. Yeah, and Satan's the Devil's Mask is a documentary about Anton LaVey. Mm -hmm. You've probably seen the photo going around the internet of him like wearing devil horns with yep. like, colored lights on his face. Yep. And the other one, Satan's Child, is like an after-school special about um, a boy who gets into Satan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like completely straight because these are like yeah. classic 70s pictures. Oh, yeah. Described as made by one-and-done filmmakers in the gutters of Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> Only in Florida. Only in Florida. I mean, they put out so many uh, crazy movies. They did like um, Ed Wood's Lost Film. Mm -hmm. Take It Out and Trade. Right? Yeah, Take yeah. It Out and Trade. They also did like a film that Ed Wood wrote. Is it The uh, Violent Kind? Yeah, about yeah, Violent, violent years. years. I think, yeah. About um, women that are on the wrong yeah. side of the law. <laughs> and they just do like so much fun stuff yeah. that like would usually be banished to DVD or like public domain releases. Totally. And, and their last release before this was that really cool pack of the Wakaliwood yes, Super Action. Super Action. Volume oh. 1, which they're calling it, so hopefully they're going to put out more. <laughs> yeah, but... I mean the Wakaliwood stuff is like nothing you've ever seen. Yeah. And that release, they put I think almost three hours of special features. They went over the internet and put like YouTube videos about Wakaliwood. Yeah. There's like the Vice documentaries, oh, yeah. um, broadcasts that were just shown in Wakaliwood, like on yep. local TV stations. Yeah. I love Wakaliwood uh, movies, and there's one playing at Midnight Madness. So hopefully there it's is. finally I just, entering I know. That's the so mainstream. Cool. That's very cool. So yeah, if you're a, if you're an action fan, <laughs> mm -hmm. definitely recommend. Or outsider it. cinema as or well. Or outsider yeah. cinema, yeah. And so back to new stuff. We have I Trap the Devil from Shout Factory, IFC Midnight. Yeah, which I. Hear a lot of good things about it. I haven't had a chance to check out now, but mm -hmm. it's kind of from, I believe it starts A.J. Bowen, who's part of that whole Adam Wingard yes. crew. And I've heard it compared to They Look Like People, which I saw. Yeah, which, which is was like a, really cool, yeah, actually. I which is like too. a paranoid yeah. thriller where yeah. someone is telling an unbeliever, like, oh my god, this is happening! Exactly. And it's like, is it real? Is it not real? And that's a tension throughout. And for this one, yeah, it kind of relates to Satanist because it is about a guy <laughs> who's got right. a dude and is trapped in, or tied up in his basement because he believes him to be the devil. <laughs> Yes. So. Um, uh, I kind of appreciate that, like, Scream is doing, they have a deal with IFC, they I do. believe, that they then release all the... IFC Midnight mm. got together to, yeah. So they can give a little bit more respect to these movies, other than being, like, direct to DVD, like yeah. a lot of these companies would usually do them. And they're a lot cheaper now, too. We used to have to, IFC Midnight, when they were going it alone, we used to have to import their stuff, and it would be, like, 35, Oof. 40 bucks for a yeah. DVD. <laughs> for a DVD. Yeah. Whereas now, with the Shout deal, it's just, it's come down in price, they put more features mm. on it, it's a better looking package. Yeah. It's, it's nice stuff. I mean, speaking of Satan, we have uh, The Professor and the Madman. <laughs> One of those movies that when you see it, you go, huh? Yeah, what? which is like a real throwback to the night. You look at it and you're like, this came out in the 90s? <laughs> yes. It stars Mel Gibson and Sean Penn yeah. as I believe, um, isn't it like the true story of murderer who starts his unlikely bond with a brilliant Oxford professor drawn together by the fine line of genius and madness. It doesn't even say what it is. Don't yeah, they invent don't the dictionary really or something like yeah, that? Yeah, it's some historical period piece that, you know, is apparently this is known by, like, an older generation. We've gotten a lot of people coming huh. and asking about this. I, I mean, Sean Penn and Mel Gibson, this. not good people. Not good people <laughs> at all. I hate Mel Gibson. Really? <laughs> so I'm, understandably. Just, yeah, I liked him as a kid, but mm -hmm. I just, like, you know. As a person. Just, hard for me. Not to, very you know, good. I mean, I even, you know, I watched Dragged Across Concrete recently, mm -hmm. which is kind of more of his, like, artistic comeback. And I did 
enjoy it, but felt really kind of conflicted. Yes, the I politics of it. I enjoyed like, Dragged Across the Concrete yeah, as well, but its politics, it's politics are, are very, uh, strange, very troublesome. Very I really like yeah. Craig uh, Zoller, me too, especially me too. Bone Tomahawk. Yeah, but he's too. one of those filmmakers that like the troublesome stuff in his movie. You're like, oh, maybe he didn't mean to do that. Yeah. But then as he keeps making movies, it's, it's like, listen, to, it's harder yeah. to defend. And Concrete was the first one that was really. Well, I still enjoyed it yes. and can recommend a lot of things about it. Mm-hmm. The casting of Mel Gibson was the most problematic yes. thing for me about it and his what they do with his character. Mm-hmm. So with this, you know, this is a more middle-of-the-road type, like, faux prestige picture thing Th- that this just is never the film really got that you find when you're at the library in the DVD section. Yeah, you're exactly. like, whoa, I never heard of this movie before. Yeah, what right? is this? So, like, it's almost natural that Sean Penn and Mel Gibson would team up or something <laughs> yeah. at this point because, like, who likes either of them and like, yeah. what are they doing? I mean, does Sean but, Penn still have fans? Like, I can understand I mean, Mel Gibson having Sean fans. Penn never took as much flack because it was just like an earlier time, I mm. think, right? And he's just kind of disappeared into this like faux yes. liberal sort of And thing I don't think Sean Penn doing, ever had the like big charismatic hits that Mel Gibson no, did. No, exactly, right? He was more of like the esteemed actor who mm-hmm. win Oscars and stuff, whereas Mel Gibson was Mel Gibson, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, crazy old crazy Mel. Mel. It's crazy Mel. So. But, you know, if you Mad want to relive Mel. those 90s memories, come yeah. and rent it and at Bay Street Video. And, and figure out which one is the professor and which <laughs> the Mad one Man. is the madman, because I don't really know. Don't read the back, because it spoils it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I had to take a guess, I would probably say that Mel Gibson should have been the madman. He's probably the professor, though. But he's probably the professor, because <laughs> they probably did a point-break switcheroo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where, um, you know, Keanu Reeves should play the surfer, but he doesn't. He he plays the button-down FBI agent. Crazy. So in classic films, um, we have Akio Jisoji. I'm saying this incorrectly, I know. The Buddhist trilogy from Arrow Academy. Yeah, which is really cool and really kind of obscure. Not a lot Mm. of people know about this guy. And this box set was supposed to be released last summer, actually. Oh, it it was. delayed for a whole year because they were... Uh, adding another film of his onto it. I mean, like companies like Arrow, they make the smart decision of boxing them all together because yep. one may just be like, well, I don't know that. Exactly. And three is like, well, I need the whole picture of this director. Well, that's the thing. You look at these titles and like, I'm not that familiar with them on a title basis, but then you look at the whole package and it gives you a picture of who this guy actually mm-hmm. was and how influential he was in the Japanese new wave scene in the 60s, even if... No, but he's not talked about yeah. as much as sort of like a Hiroshi Teshigahara. Or yeah, like looking like at that. his filmography, there's a lot of films that I recognize um, that Mondo Macabro put out, yeah. which are like pink films. Yeah, because he did dabble in that world yeah. a lot. And he also dabbled in Ultraman. Of course. That's one of his biggest <laughs> credits as well. Yeah. I mean, Arrow, the way they do it, that they like put them all together and they always have like a thick booklet as well that you can read mm-hmm. that you're like, oh, well, this will finally give me the context. Like that, um, I can't say the 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 Russian word, like Khrushchev, oh, my yeah. car. The uh, Alexi German film. Yes. Yeah, that nobody can say the name. Nobody can say the name. Yeah. And that one was always one that was kind of impenetrable. But mm. Arrow put out like commentary and an interview with the director, a booklet that gives con- historical context oh, yeah. of the movie. And now you can finally enjoy it the way that it was meant to be seen yeah. and, you know, appreciated. Arrow's like the closest thing to matching criteria and mm-hmm. level of quality and like in terms and just output on individual releases. And with their cruising release this week, yeah. too, they're just. 
really stepping up their game. And, and Arrow has the advantage as well as they can, you know, what Criterion could do earlier, which is yeah. like release like under the radar titles yeah. and stuff that people don't know, which Criterion doesn't tend Not to do anymore. anymore. Yeah. yeah. While Arrow is like, oh yeah, we're putting a box set of this guy's films out. Yeah, and that's awesome to me that they mm-hmm. have put so much care and effort into a box set like this that a lot of people don't really know who no. this guy is. Right? And you can discover him through this box exactly. set that way. Yeah, but we've uh, had people pick it up already and admit that they don't know much about yes. it, but are just curious and mm. will spend, like, it's an $80 set, but mm. they're still willing. You still get your money's worth. Yes. That, honestly. And speaking of libraries, this is not one you usually find at the library, exactly. especially in Canada, because they don't usually get Arrow releases. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and we do rent these, too. So mm. if you just want to, if you're just curious and want to just check them out, we rent them by the film. So yeah, check it out. Yeah. I mean, speaking of Criterion, they do have a release this week. Magnificent Obsession, yes. Douglas Sirk film. Real which is, classic. Uh, which is one they yeah. put out before. They but did. Yeah, first time on Blu-ray. You get, like, people that are excited for stuff coming out on Blu-ray. Like, I've had this Criterion DVD forever. What is it coming out on Blu-ray? Yeah, we do. Honestly, every time I think they're going to kind of die, and, you mm. know, like, everybody already bought that on DVD. Yeah. And nobody needs it. And I'm surprised every time people yeah. want to upgrade. And I think it's just Criterion really appeals to collectors who yes. need the spines on the shelf <laughs> and the heights of the DVD or the Blu-rays to be all I mean, same, like, so. if I met somebody who owned every Criterion Blu-ray, I'd be like, whoa, man. I know. <laughs> yeah, like, it, it really, people love the numbers and just they need them to look all the same height on the show. Really? And oh, man, my are DVDs upgrade. Are... I mean, when the Jim Jarmusch films came out earlier, uh, mm-hmm. Night on Earth and Stranger Than Paradise came out on Blu-ray for the first time. And they yeah. had been on DVD before. And pretty nice transfers on DVD and everything. I didn't think a lot of people were going to go for, for it. that because it's their lower budget film. Yeah. But we sold tons of those, too. I mean, so. Jim Jarmusch is a name, right? He is in more of a name, so yeah. I get that. And, but. like, Douglas Circus as well. I mean, this yeah. is a classic film. And maybe people who haven't had a chance to see it mm-hmm. or the DVD, I think, was a ways back as well it when was, they did yeah. Douglas Search collection. And, you know, Criterion, my favorite, are when they do stuff like Edgar G. Elmer's Detour, where exactly. you're like, ah, finally, it's coming out on yeah. Blu-ray. And those kind of things we sell, like, mm-hmm. tons and tons of more than even the rest of the titles. Yeah. I, I think they mm-hmm. have some interesting... St- oh, they have their Godzilla box set. I guess we have to mention it every week I before it comes out. Yeah, we're yeah. just going to put a plug in there. Yeah. Every I am so excited oh, for yeah. it coming yeah. out. <laughs> and you still have those Bergman uh, box sets oh, that yeah. came out. which came out last Christmas, mm-hmm. or just before, and <laughs> sell like hotcakes. Oh, really? Yeah, it's <laughs> so many of these things so it's, but i mean you think about like initially you know it goes for about 250 or so mm. and you think wow that's a lot of money to put down but then you look at what's in this these sets yeah especially this one in particular almost like, every bergman almost film every, and if you're thinking about it like paying the cost for one film on Criterion, mm. which is like $35, $40 yeah. bucks on Blu-ray, multiplied by 30 or whatever. Even Fanny like, and Alexander is like a $60 set, dollar exactly, set on Blu-ray. Right? So and you, you might get well that just... in here with like <laughs> yes. every other film he did, basically. Um, Warner Archives has a movie this week, The Witches, the Nick oh, Rogue I film. I love The Witches. So scary. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> I did not see it as a kid. Did you? Oh, I did, yeah, because yeah. I was a big Roald Dahl obsessive when I was a kid. And mm. I actually liked the book more than the film because oh, shocking. I, know, I know I'm going to put on my literary snob <laughs> hat here um, only because the ending is to, I won't for people who haven't seen it or read it I won't say what the ending is but mm-hmm. they, they do change the ending and I like how they keep it in the original book but, okay um, but the movie is still fantastic and it's pretty notable I think for the fact that Nick Rogue 
made like a children's film yeah. had a bit more of a mainstream appeal. Yeah, the director of Don't Look Now, yeah. Walkabout, but his style does not disappear. It's all over the place. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if anything, he brings it to almost like Terry Gilliam like levels. Right? Angelica Houston pulling off her own face oh is my horrifying. God, it's so terrifying. Yeah, don't don't get me wrong, the movie's scared. Don't show it to children. I was a kid, yeah. <laughs> I wish it had special features, but like Warner Archives yeah, don't really do that. They don't so. always do that. The big thing with this is it's never been available in widescreen before. This really? Actually, the DVD was full screen. Wow. Like first generation. Full yeah. Screen Snapper DVD. case. <laughs> and it was like, it was, it was always annoying because they always wanted to recommend it to people, but it's just not a good looking transfer. But this is a great looking transfer. This is finally scan their yeah. negative. So pick it up. The witches so at least scared that, you know? entire new generation. Exactly. Of kids. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of things that went from Criterion DVD to Blu-ray uh, last year at Marion Bad, which yep. is not released by Criterion, but Kino Lober. No, it's part of that whole Studio Canal takeover. Mm -hmm. which we were talking about last week. And uh, this is kind of maybe their biggest one so far of that acquisition yeah. because people have been I mean that Criterion set of last year at Marion Bad was beautiful mm -hmm. I really they released that. it briefly on Blu-ray went did, out of yeah. print and yeah, then and it was a nice set but it just yeah yep, they gone. lost out of those studio and then Canal Studio Ritz. Canal came in and yep. released their own Blu-ray but I think people didn't like that transfer yeah that was actually only in the UK too that never oh, got okay. a stateside release and this thing. one is a new 4K transfer yes. and there's a new commentary with Tim Lucas as well the yeah. commentary king <laughs> yeah exactly right so it's nice to see him pop up again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's pretty loaded too with uh, with new features that weren't on the Criterion yeah. disc. And no, not Criterion prices as well. <laughs> exactly. Much more affordable $26 yeah. or so. And it still um, comes uh, in, with a booklet and everything. Exactly. So. Yeah. It's actually one of, you know, they actually put a lot more time and effort than they do with mm -hmm. some of their other releases because it's last year at Marion Bad. Yeah, it's last year at Marion Bad. Even the cover art and the spine is like more unique than the rest of their stuff. Oh, so. I didn't even notice that it the is. Kino... It's not the standard, you know, black Black spine. Black spine. Yeah. yeah. It's a little more artistic. <laughs> it's gray. Oh, no. Yeah. It's not going to fit with the things on my shelf. Well, that's weird. They have their, this is their Kino Classics line, whereas oh. their black and white spine stuff is their Kino Studio Classics line. Mm. So, I don't okay, think that's that makes maybe sense. a yeah. but I don't know. Maybe they want, like, Aero Academy is, like, their criterion. Yeah, so, Kino Classics like is, like, their criterion. Yeah. Uh, moving on to new stuff that's being released, there's a documentary called Be Natural, The Untold Story mm -hmm. of Alice. Guy Blanchet, who, if people don't know, again, released by Kino Lorber. Yeah. They're like the they big... They put out everything. Yeah, they put out everything. Um, that one's released with uh, Zeitgeist Films mm -hmm. as well, which used to kind of distribute their own stuff, but then Kino bought them, or at least has or has some distribution deals, so yeah. now they release all that stuff. And Alice uh, Guy Blanchet, if people don't know, is essentially like... She has been credited in some circles as the first person to direct a fictional film, like yeah. back in the silent days. Yep. And she was a woman, and she did all this stuff, so when you know movies were considered kind of lower class stuff and they're not going to go anywhere you know she was on top of the game but then oh, when yeah. suddenly people realized oh we can make money at this and us men should take over she yeah. was kind of like erased from the history books and kept to the side yeah, yeah. <laughs> so but if yeah. you want to know about her and I think that you know if you're a cinephile and you're listening to that you should oh, I would yeah. recommend checking out this documentary yeah and if you want some additional sort of material on that um, Kino Lorber also put out yeah. you know, a, a Pioneers early women filmmakers set last 
Yeah, they did. And I believe she has some work. She in does have some short films yeah. on it. That's a great set. That, the Pioneers set. set. Yep. Um, you get like a bunch of short films, a mm. bunch of feature films as well. Yeah. And like every film has like a text block at the beginning that you can read like, yeah, oh, what yeah. is this film from? Um, what does it mean? Because that's the thing about like those short film boxes is I'm sometimes like, I don't know where this fits into the grander narrative exactly, to give right. context, especially if it's older. That's the thing. Yeah. And it's just really nice to see more female filmmakers from the dawn of cinema start mm. to have their stuff come out. Finally. For, yeah, I mean, for such a male-dominated business, it's nice to see that there were women filmmakers on mm-hmm. the forefront and, you know, the stuff isn't just lost time. It yeah. can be dug up and unearthed and reappreciated. And yeah, and a lot of the stuff is great and, as well. Yeah, it's like, amazing. it's not like, ah, oh, we have to, you know, consider its context to enjoy it, no, even though yeah. I just said that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, like, yeah, there are a lot of fun, especially her films. Oh, where totally. she She did everything. She did, like, documentaries. She did, like, George Millier-style fantasy films. Yep. She just ran the gamut of um, what cinema could do at the time so on the new stuff because we basically just ran through all the cult yeah, and classic stuff uh, covers it there's level 16 from mpi dark sky yeah, which, which is, is a really a canadian film cool canadian film uh, speaking is... of woman filmmakers directed by uh danishka esther Har- hazy i'm saying that name incorrectly I know, I am not even <laughs> but i'm sorry um and but... this is one that i haven't seen it but from i know people that worked on it and it's kind of like a 1984 kind yeah. of small scale version of that about yeah, women so. that are trapped in like a building and they're being groomed for something but they don't you're not qu- sure, sure it's what like a it mysterious is yes. future society exactly or something. Um, it's made a lot of uh waves at festivals yeah played fantastic fest yep. and stuff and, like that uh, it's just been getting so this is actually a u.s release of the film too huh. from dark sky it so didn't get a canadian release it will be uh raven banner i believe yes. is putting it out they have the canadian rights and they're going to be putting out a Blu-ray of it sometime. They haven't dated it yet, but mm-hmm. sometime in the near future. So if you do want to hold off for the Blu-ray, um, I, I would hold off for that maybe. Yeah. But we do have the DVD for rental. And if you just want to check it out, because I know you sure do, a lot of people haven't seen it You yet. want to do a double bill because uh, she also directed the Banana Splits movie that's right, coming, out, coming next out next week, week. <laughs> which is a horror film. And we'll talk about that when it um, yeah. happens. <laughs> um, you know, we haven't really talked about that many kids' films. And there's, I'm going to say this wrong, is it Ranja the Robert? daughter I think or Rania so. is Rania? the Jay uh, yeah. silent I'm not totally sure um, but it looks great uh, yeah it's it's actually a mini series it is and um, it's a um, studio Ghibli co-production with another is. company an adaptation of a classic Swedish fantasy yeah. novel so for people that want their like Ghibli fix this yeah. is like where you should go this week and it's directed all of it's directed by Goro Miyazaki mm. so it's got who is obviously a big name right Goro directed because he's the son of of um, Hayao, Hayao Miyazaki. Yeah. He directed uh, Legend up, of the Earth Sea. Yep, and from up on Poppy Hill, which I yes. know is pretty big. So, um, yeah, I'm really interested to check it out. Um, G Kids and Show Factory have been putting out a ton of this Studio Ghibli stuff. Do you have now. any, like, lots of kids or parents picking up for kids' movies that come yeah, to Bay Street definitely. Video? Yeah, uh, definitely. Definitely, yeah. We, do, we still have a good... Mm kid family yeah. sort of crowd um, and anime in general is getting way more popular. We mm-hmm. used to dabble in anime like way before my time. And, <laughs> You're like, nobody, Japanimation then, yeah. Akira <laughs> and that's pretty yeah, much exactly. a Ninja Scroll. We used to have series and stuff and yeah. then we just didn't get a market for it but now we're starting to get more people asking mm-hmm. so we have an anime section now that's expanded. Yeah, It's mostly still films that we have for mm-hmm. rent and sale. It's tough because the series, the series is like always... it's like three episodes per disc and it's also $70 I know, and I'm not disc. an anime expert so yeah. 
yeah. I'm like going through the stuff coming out to order. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> they, they all like you look them up on IMDb. They all have like hundreds of thousands of votes, and they're like yeah. really well claimed. But I'm like, I don't know which one of these. <laughs> I'm so, surprised that uh, you know, if I was a parent, I would just put my kid in Netflix and let yeah, it auto play. Exactly. And I yeah, Netflix has taken over. Yeah, some or of YouTube that. and just let yeah. it like get <laughs> like YouTube. darker and darker as YouTube <laughs> yeah. like auto plays and gets nicheer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, another classic film that's coming out again by Kino Lorber, Sweet Charity, Bob Fosse's yeah, first film. Yeah, so I've never seen this one, actually, but I know it's got a pretty big following. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bob Fosse seems to be getting more and more popular Well, there was that days. show. I don't remember what it was. It was the, like, um, sequel season to the um, feud. I can understand why Kino's like, ooh, this is a perfect opportunity to release these films. Like, Sweet Charity, it's not usually considered a classic because it is no, his first it's not film. not like an all that jazz or no, something. Yeah. But, but they went all out because they have the roadshow version if you do. want the extra long one. Yeah, so they actually they packed it. So it's it's a little more expensive than your typical Kino release, but mm-hmm. they really pack it full of yeah both versions, a bunch of features. And um, film released by a company that we actually haven't mentioned yet, Wellgo, is The Brink. Yeah, going back to new stuff. Um, so Wellgo, you know, is at the forefront of uh, They just have a deal. They get all of the Asian action they movies. Do, yeah. Probably like, they don't, like it always says they acquire it, but I'm like, don't they just get it automatically? Know, right? <laughs> but now they get things like Burning, too. Yes, which they, they do. Out, or like The Wailing from a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. They do, they, they get a lot of more art film the brink is one that kind of went under the radar and it's not it's like it's no um spl2 which i love right and it's also no it man what is it like the sequel one master z yeah master z that's what it is which came out a couple weeks ago i I mentioned those ones because this film stars the same guy yeah okay okay um it stars zen jing who was the villain in spl2 and is master z in that it man spinoff film i love him he's like so cool and charismatic and he has like an attitude that you don't usually see in like modern day Hong Kong action films which we don't really get that much anymore which is a bummer due to Chinese reasons which we talked (laughs) about last week but this one is cool because it's kind of an anti-hero kind of thing and as you see this is an amazing cover we have the Blu-ray in front of us where they're fighting underwater (laughs) with knives and they even mentioned that on the back it's like the fighting doesn't stop not even underwater (laughs) it's true there is an underwater fight Wow. And it's actually pretty fun. It is like a minor film. But like if you're an Asian action fan or you just want that kind of hit, Mm -hmm. it's really um, one that you should check out. And he's so cool. He has like blonde hair in the movie. He was last seen as well in Escape Plan 3. Oh, which we also have on our (laughs) shelves right now. (laughs) The uh, Dave Bautista, Sylvester Stallone. Kind of. They don't really star in the movie. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right. (laughs) But yeah, so The Brink. um, I don't want to say it's a dying gas of Hong Kong cinema, but yeah, pretty much is because they don't really make movies like this anymore (laughs) yeah it looked really cool there was some confusion when we were when i was bringing it there's a documentary called the brink also a documentary called the brink about steve bannon which (laughs) came out you know a couple months ago they came out like right around the same time so and so another new movie that came out from magnolia is annie ara which is a swedish minimalist sci-fi film yeah which was a huge hit at tiff last year Mm -hmm. like i think the discovery program kind of came out of nowhere and it's just been getting a ton of acclaim yeah and it's looks gorgeous. I heard a lot of people talking about it when it came out being like, oh, this is a movie you got to see because it opened very small, like Mm -hmm. in the city. So I play like one theater or one theater in New York. But people were like, oh, you got to check this movie out. Exactly. And now it's finally out on Blu-ray. A lot of these kind of films usually just get dumped directly to DVD. Exactly. And for a sci-fi film that Mm -hmm. is doing a lot with a low budget. I love those kind of things. Yeah, it's nice that we get, we do rent it and sell it on DVD and Mm Blu-ray. So you can check it out in all its glory too if you have a Blu-ray player. So I'd say it's definitely worth a look. 
I've seen it compared to things like Moon and, yep. you know, if you had that kind of, you know, hunger for those aesthetics, yeah. definitely check it out. It's uh, Aniara. So that's pretty much all that we have for this week, which it feels like a lot of titles, but then you reach the end and you're like, that's it? That's it? <laughs> well, we didn't talk about Iron Sky, the coming race. Yes, so, that's yeah. right. The sequel to Iron Sky. I mean, I don't really have that much to say yeah, about no, it. No, that's fine. I haven't even seen Iron Sky, but Me I know either. people like that, so they there's do. a sequel now. There's like, there's like a Hitler who's a cyborg riding yeah. a dinosaur and um, uh, it looks like something that looks like the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, there's a lot going on. I'm it feels it. like like this is from a different era that's past. Yeah, yeah. So maybe we'll just leave it. Yeah, I'm holding on for Sky Sharks. So, yeah, you know, they, exactly. They did Someday. their big crowdfunding five years ago. So yeah, we'll I'm, get it. We'll I'm get sure it. they're just like, you know, perfecting it yeah, until it comes out. Which specialty label will yes. be picking this up? Uh, I mean, Iron Sky is put out by Vertical. Mm-hmm. And, oh, speaking of direct-to-DVD, did it just go direct-to-DVD? Can't just rent it. There's not even a Blu-ray. There's not even a Blu-ray, yeah. but come to Basement Video. You can rent it you out. You can rent it, yeah. yeah. Relive the days of Kung Fury. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so usually at this portion, we pick our um, a DVD that's not this week, but is a favorite of ours. So my Blu-ray recommendation for the week is... Climax. Climax. Gaspar Noe film, which I know you're not that big a fan of, right? We talked. <laughs> yeah, about. we did. But yeah, you know, Climax has been a much talked about film over the last year or so. I'm a big Gaspar Noe fan, full stop. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Are you? I so am, nothing? Do you give him a pass on everything? I mean, Love was a little okay. more too self-indulgent for my taste. But did you even see it love, in 3D? I did, I did see it in 3D. Um, <laughs> and you know, that was really the, the best, Whoa! The most Waving your hand part in front of the yeah. Um, but for me, this one was a real return to form. I mm. really loved it. Uh, I mean, everybody talks about the dance sequences, and yeah. they are fantastic. They are amazing. And the music is amazing. I mean, obviously, he is well acquainted with 90s electro dance mm-hmm. music. That's kind of his thing. But he just, for me, has a real finger on the pulse of, like, youth culture still. Like, yes. It's very vibrant and a lot. Like, it does take place in the 90s. It's apparently based on a true story, which I think is just bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. <because> I, <laughs> this movie that he improv. Yeah, but it still feels so, like, relevant mm. and just, like, alive. Um, and it was one of my favorite movies of last year. But it, it took a while to come out, and it is finally out on Blu-ray right now from Raven Banner, actually, who got a, um exclusive Canadian deal with him. So you won't find this Blu-ray in the States or anything, but it's a collector's edition that is loaded with features. It has an audio commentary with him, a bunch of behind the scene stuff Mm -hmm. so if you like climax this is the best way to get it and it just came out uh three four weeks ago or so and you can rub it in the face of american exactly. people because it did come out we did have like the previous Lionsgate put it out mm. in the states on dvd and blu-ray but there's like nothing on it there's like no, a five yeah. minute featurette and that's it <laughs> that's it <laughs> so, and here you get the criterion treatment you of do. this picture it, it did a really nice job on it so kudos to raven banner they really yeah raven banner know, stepping up their game up. when it yeah. comes to this kind of stuff i don't know how it happened but they bought it i guess right out of can last year they did it was and, right out of can yeah, probably even can... when i saw it at tiff their logo was on mm-hmm. it and everything and then i guess they been planning this release for a while. So, so I'm going to recommend a little thing called the American Horror Project Volume 2. Uh, the oh, American yeah. Horror Project is an Arrow kind of line, I guess. They've yep. done two releases that now. They're box sets with three films each based on and probably spearheaded by Stephen Thrower, who wrote Nightmare USA, mm-hmm. a giant tome about independent 70s horror films. And so this is bringing films that often were not even available on DVD um, with new remasters, commentaries, the classic Arrow triple feature booklet is in there with an essay about every film. And, you know, I have a real soft spot for the director of Dark August, who also did Garden of the Dead, and he did Grave of the Vampire, 
which was recently right, released as well. Out. Yeah. And, you know, but other than that, the big, like, crowning achievement of this um, set is The Child, which Stephen Thrower yeah. said that he wrote the book Nightmare USA just because he wanted to talk to the people that made The Child, <laughs> which is like a regional Lucho Fulci movie yeah. where it's about, like, a woman that goes to babysit a kid, but it's all very, like, fog-drenched, everything's dubbed and off-kilter, mm-hmm. and then suddenly it turns into this, like, hallucinatory The Beyond zombie yeah. film. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty wild. We've had a like old beat up rental copy for yes. years and I years. I think Troma put it out. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I think you're right. I think yeah. it was Troma uh, way, way back. And now you can see it in all its restored glory. glory. And it even has um, commentary yeah. with the director and producer who in this classic style never went on to do anything no. else after this and they even included both versions of the film the full screen version which people are usually associate with this yeah. and the widescreen version which I believe is the way they shot it yeah the so the artistic way of mm-hmm. watching so you know American Horror Project is definitely something to like jump into and they go out of print pretty fast as well yeah so. they're really cool sets uh, just again like going back to what we were talking about the Akio just mm-hmm. thing they put a lot of effort into these really low budget horror films yes. and you know introduce them to a new audience yeah these films that usually would be banished to like budget bin yeah. DVD either nobody would assume they would come out in these special editions mostly because like a lot of them do feel very minor which is why I think they mm-hmm. package them together yeah and it's a good call for them yeah because it can play off each other as well yeah. like oh well this one gives me this and then this one gives me this yeah so yeah I love these sets and, uh, and I'm I sure hope... they'll do another one because they I hope so really well so. really because there was yeah, a rumor that they weren't going to do a second one interesting and there was like a delay and then oh, okay. suddenly they're like oh yeah we are doing it volume so. one sold spectacularly for Mm-hmm. And this one's been doing really well since it came out. Oh, okay. Awesome. Ago now, yeah. So um, now we're at my favorite section yeah. where we go into the DVD section and pull something out. Just something random. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I went into the bargain bin section at Bay Street Video. How does it work? How does so, a film <laughs> land in the bargain bin? So we do sell off some rentals from time to time, only mm-hmm. because we're at maximum capacity right now for rent. Like, we literally have no more space <laughs> yep. to at least display rentals mm-hmm. anymore. So now we are on this system where we... Uh, have cert- certain rentals still available. They're just not displayed just because we don't have uh, the space. But we do sell off things from time to time that just didn't really rent or yep. like rented a bit on the new release wall. And I found some that. real treasures yeah, in the yeah, bargain you can bin find set. Some tre- Sometimes it's just extra copies of stuff yeah. we have too. But <laughs> in this case, we have been selling off a lot of Bruce Willis films lately. But so, don't freak out. It's not Die Hard or anything. Yeah, what <laughs> happened to Bruce Willis? Like, when did he make the decision of like, I just want a paycheck. I'll show up for two to three days. I mean, it's not just him. A lot of these guys did that. It's the same thing with Nick Cage to some degrees. Mm. John Travolta's in yes. that realm right like, now. Like, I have taxes to pay. Exactly. John Cusack is definitely in that realm yeah, right now. He's he become is. an action star over the last, like, ten years. I but, really uh, enjoyed that John Cusack, Adrian Brody, Jackie Chan oh, film. Oh, I love that movie. I think Dragon it's Dragon Blade. Blade. <laughs> yeah. Which and, only like, exists here in a heavily edited does like, two-hour cut. That's the one that was put out. Oh, I love John Cusack in that because he commits He's actually oh, fighting he's in fighting. that movie. Oh, yeah. my God, yeah. And so does Adrian Brody, yeah. too. Adrian. And when interviewed about it, they were like, yeah, of course we want to fight Jackie Chan. <laughs> yeah, like, right? They were excited to do it, as opposed to Bruce Willis, who, like um, Steven Seagal beforehand, yes. they, it's the same black-shirted image on every it cover. Is. Yeah, it's just Bruce's face transposed. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so these guys, they just have gotten into the VO. So these mo- movies are mainly made for the VOD market. Mm-hmm. Um, they get a perfunctory DVD release, and maybe sometimes a theme. Theatrical, yeah. but usually put out by VVS Films. VVS Films in association with Millennium Films, usually mm. in the states, who usually 
yeah. cranks all these out. It's like they're the new Canon or something. Yes. They just d- are well, like Millennium lower is. quality. And uh, <laughs> formerly known as New Image new Productions. Image, yeah. And this one, this was one that like, I remember Bruce Willis was either excited about or people yeah, had a hope for it. It's a little it. different. Because yeah, yeah, most of the ones he puts out now are really basic, generic action movies. Very difficult like to Extraction. Yeah, Rampart. Kill. Yeah. Or, yeah, like Very Seagalish titles. But with this one. Once was, Upon a Time in Venice. If you just saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I know, right? Um, which is more of a comedy. Yes. Um, uh, when Steve Ford, Bruce Willis's beloved dog buddy, <laughs> is stolen by local thugs, he makes a questionable alliance with their devious leader, Spider, played by Aquaman's Jason Momoa, yep. in order to set things straight and get Buddy back where he belongs. So clearly they're riffing on John Wick a bit here. Yeah. You know, the dog thing is, is, is popular. And it also stars John Goodman, who it yeah. weirdly says Kong Skull Island and Tim Cloverfield <laughs> name under his the, credit. The, best, the thing I love the most about VVS releases is they always make sure to put certain movies like they yeah, put the, the newest on the back and then like movies they've been in and it's never the movies <laughs> that you would expect yeah. on there. So this movie is in the bargain bin right now. It's five dollars. So yes, we did have it for rent. Not didn't anymore. Didn't really do very well. So this is it your did, last chance to see last, Once Upon a so Time in Venice. Yeah, this movie could be gone forever. Yeah, I, I don't expect Criterion to be coming no. knocking at Bruce Willis's door do, anytime. Do you, do you think it'll appear like, well, ten years from now <laughs> well, we're going to be like, yeah. oh, finally, Arrow is Arrow putting out a, a the Bruce, Bruce Willis VOD series. <laughs> yeah. You can really see, because yeah. this is ten years, so I'm a thousand years old at this point, that, yeah, Bruce, exactly. that, that Bruce Willis, you know, if you don't get this, you'll get this in the next one and someone's finally appreciating it yeah. and uh, someone will write a Bruce Willis the VOD years book <laughs> just like that yeah. um, great book by Vern uh, Seagology exactly, about the Steven right? Seagal film which needs to be done for yes Bruce for Bruce Willis, Willis. At this point. <laughs> oh, because God. like every you know I, I could be pretty confident that almost any time you walk into the store, there's a new Bruce Willis movie <laughs> yeah. on the new release shelf that you've Wait, never heard of. And so. you're like, "Isn't haven't I seen that yeah. one? You're just in like a the black <laughs> yeah, shirt, it's the like same image. <laughs> you got the shirt that Jackie Chan wore, yeah, exactly. and, and all those uh, Miramax films. <laughs> well, I'm glad Bruce Willis can still like keep kicking. He can, he can. I mean, he doesn't do a lot of action in these movies. No, anymore. he I, shoots about two days, I think, on yeah, them. Yeah, he really and sits in a chair. Exactly. Yeah, right? I saw one extraction years yeah. ago, which was awful just absolutely horrible but it was more kellen lutz and gina carano that were like the that's stars. right even though he's like prom bruce willis you know what i believe and he sits in a chair the whole time i he's believe like kidnapped i and they bought have to that him. one from you in the bargain bin <laughs> did you watch it uh well you know maybe i'll go home and watch it, watch it, it yeah, next yeah, week. It's, uh, it's pretty bad it's pretty bad <laughs> there was a commentary on it so oh, i'm like well, ooh, i want to know what i believe it's stephen it's c stephen miller c. Miller, who actually you know made some uh you know, intriguing, low-budget genre films. Yeah, he did. First, uh, like, The Aggression Scale. That's right, The Aggression Scale. He did a remake of Silent Night, Deadly Night, just yep. called Silent Night. Automaton yeah. Transfusion is an indie zombie yeah, film. Under the Bed, which is oh, kind of like I actually a Joe enjoy Under the throwback. Bed, yeah. which I bought here, probably Very, used on okay, the DVD. Okay. Yep. Um, Listen, I am the number one Bay Street video customer, it seems. I know, you, you clearly are. <laughs> yeah. So if you, you know, want to see this Bruce Willis movie, it's gone, just go to Justin's house. Yeah, yeah, hurry before the herd is coming over me to take it and buy it. Yeah, but the one thing I will say for those VOD movies with, like, Stephen Mm -hmm. C. Miller, they do sometimes get directors who have made a bit of a name for themselves in low indie kind of festival scenes and give them a chance to direct something on a bit of a bigger budget. Can you think of anybody? Well, Stephen Stephen C. Miller, yeah, yeah. And I think there, I'll come back to you to that, but there are are definitely more, I'm just playing. Stephen C. Miller directed 
directed Escape Plan 2. And there, there you yeah, go. So there you go. Just... I don't, is that the one called Hades or is that Escape Plan That's... 3? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll it's probably to that. it's probably yeah, better that you I don't think, know. If you said yeah, if you knew know. the difference, I'm, I was going to make fun of you. So. I'm sorry. I've never seen the Escape Plan movies. I know. Yeah, I mean, I have a soft spot for the uh, Expendable films for what they are. Speaking of Millennium yeah, films, I, 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 I can't. <laughs> you can't do it. I saw the first one. I just thought it was lame. Um, I mean, if you think the first one is lame, you will not enjoy okay, part two and yeah, three. That's but, why um, I stayed away from them. But. <laughs> Sometimes, like, their direct-to-video movies can knock it out of the park. Like, I love the Antonio Banderas um, security movie. Yeah, I, Assault that on was really funny. It is it's, really it's, fun, It takes place too. in a cheap-looking mall. Yes. Like, ben Kingsley is the bad guy. Shot by a Canadian director yes. who made the terrible Bull Cop, Bad Cop 2. Yes, yes. Uh, But also... But other stuff. Yeah, well. he directed the very fun Nitro, mm -hmm. which is the Quebec take on Fast and the it Furious, is, yeah. which instead plays, like, a downer 70s character yeah. drama. I would recommend checking out Nitro and definitely Security. Security's a lot of yeah. fun, yeah. And anything uh, directed by Isaac Florentine, put yes. up by, by Millennium. Cause so those there were, you go. You yeah. know, like they do... They're, they're not cheap, here to trash. They're low budget. <laughs> but you know what? I do kind of compare it to the canon of the 80s because it's yes. like, I can always throw these movies on. And a lot of the time they're on Netflix too. <laughs> yeah. And you can and just. I, and I'll watch them. I won't even turn. I'll watch the whole thing and really? I'll get some decent enjoyment. And I then mean, you'll some be are like, better than others. Did I but, see that one? <laughs> yeah. And then you don't really know. You can watch them again because you forget them. It's, it's great. Like, you know? It's like a time loop. Exactly. <laughs> it, it, so, just pure constant on, entertainment. BBS, <laughs> just keep bringing it on. All right, so that's it for this week, um, and we'll be back next week for with more recommendations. And if you enjoy this episode, leave a comment. We appreciate it. Or go yeah. on iTunes and rate us and subscribe as well. Yes, thank you for listening. Yeah, much appreciated. Um, I'm Justin Glue. And I'm Mark Hansen. Thanks for listening. These movies and many more are available at your local video store.